It's time for the Mental Health Moment, a show exploring the world of mental health and answers for life. Brought to you by Life Launch Centers. Here's your host, Joe Newman. Welcome back. It's Mental Health Monday, and this is your Mental Health Moment. I'm Joe Newman, Business Development Director at Life Launch Centers, where uh, group therapy is really changing lives. Uh, you know, there's so many needs today in the mental health world with anxiety and depression and isolation. So many concerns that parents have today for both their youth and young adults. And honestly, a lot of adults are feeling the same pressures in their life. Just some some really um, insightful statistics. We hear from the CDC that now about 31% of youth today struggle with anxiety. So that means like almost one in three kids um, deal with acute anxiety. And the other shocking um, statistic is that uh, only 20% of those get help. Most of us kind of try to just fake our way through it and not actually look into the resources and abilities that are there to, to help overcome these issues. And that's what our show's about today. We're trying to get the word out, trying to help families and parents know you don't have to struggle with these things forever. There are solutions, and we want to give you some insights, some tips, some tools to help overcome those emotional uh, difficulties. So give us a call. If you, have any qu- if you have any questions, just give us a call at Life Launch Centers at 833-803-3883. Um, our group therapy programs help families learn how to successfully launch into life. That's the whole point. So, um, you know, today is a really awesome show. I've got back with me. I feel so grateful to have Dr. Mary Wild back with me for another episode. She's a board-certified pediatrician. She's an author, and my favorite credential is that she's a mother of eight. So thank you, Dr. Mary, so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Now, you created Imagine Pediatrics Behavioral Health and Wellness, and it's a behavioral health care um, center or clinic that works with families right here in St. Mm-hmm. George. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Mary, tell me a little bit about Imagine Pediatrics, where it came from, what, what inspired you to do this? Right. Well, honestly, the name Imagine Pediatrics um, came from a mentor I had in residency. Um, he had this quote on his wall that said, um, that imagination is everything. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a behavioral pediatrician and he really helped teach me and helped so many kids see the power of the mind and what we can really do as we shift our mindset and, and as we use the different tools, mental tools, such as imagery and, mm-hmm. um, um, look at our, cognitive perceptions and distortions and examine those and, and, and try to view the world in a more healthy way. That is so powerful where it seems like a lot of, um, healthcare or different, uh, like people get into mindset of thinking like I'm either working or I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the only thing that's going to fix me is either, um, some pills or some, you know, some medical intervention, right? but the power of our mind 
and our health, both mm-hmm. physical and mental, is so important. It's amazing, yes. And and at times, those medications can be very helpful adjuncts. Yes. And um, and they're sometimes very necessary. Right. But I I love to see all I can do in addition to that or yes. before we go to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I I love that. And you know, today we talked a little bit about anxiety in the intro. And that um, you wanted to talk about what every parent of an anxious child should know. So with one third of children having anxiety out there, I think that pretty much that's a lot of parents, a lot of like yeah, all of us, (laughs) right? And we certainly all have anxious moments. So anxiety is not all bad. Yeah, Um, anxiety does serve to motivate us to some degree and to keep us safe. But what amount of anxiety? Yeah, we talk a lot about that. And, um, and trying to be more um, in control of how much anxiety we choose to experience because right. um, we have a lot of say um, in, in the environment we put ourselves in. Right. Not, not complete, but we do have a lot of choices that sometimes we don't realize. And, and we have some choices about how to look at those situations as well. I love that because... Um, you know, anxiety seems like, uh, there's a lot of kids and a lot of parents who kind of quickly diagnose themselves Mm -hmm. with anxiety, Mm -hmm. but what maybe they don't realize is that anxiousness Mm -hmm. is actually a very constructive emotion. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's intended that we use that emotion to, like you said, motivate us to study for a test or to get up and go to work on time Mm -hmm. or, you know, but, but. Where is that line of when it becomes unhealthy? Right. And I think that's what parents are looking to know. I think it is. Um, and maybe first I'll just talk a little bit of, of ways that anxiety can show up when it becomes more problematic. Yeah. So if, if you notice that your child is, is experiencing just excessive worry, um, avoidance behaviors, if their performance is consistently lower than their true ability, yeah. if they have frequent somatic complaints, they're always getting stomach aches and headaches and needing to come home from school. Yeah. And they there, are, there are physiologic reasons for these. Um, anxiety causes physiologic changes in our body um, that can contribute to this type of symptom. But the anxiety is really what's underneath, underneath it a lot. A lot of times yeah. it needs to be addressed. Also, so even if you address the physical concerns, right, um, it's not going to end the problem. No, you have to address the mental health concern. Absolutely. So, and also, a lot of parents notice that their children have very significant specific fears, have some obsessive yeah. compulsive tendencies, or panic episodes. Where and these can be very dramatic when. They can even involve chest pain, not being able to yeah. breathe. And yet medical evaluation just shows that nothing is physically wrong. So right. we need to address those intense feelings that yes. are causing this physical response. So I think to boil it down, um, I think we can know that it's a problem when it's getting in the way of our functioning, our relationships and our quality of life. I like that. And I have some parents ask me, you know, if my child is doing really well in their activities and functioning, but they just don't seem happy and, and we're having a lot of conflict at home, is it, is it too early to get help? And I say, absolutely not. We're supposed to yeah, try to keep... enjoy our lives. And, and home is, is a very important context that we want to be pleasant and optimized. And it sounds like they're 
plan. They're trying to be proactive right. instead of reactive. Right. Like you don't need to wait until your child is fully shut down before right. you learn these principles and employ them at home. And we know that if we don't address anxiety, often it can lead to other things. So yeah. often unaddressed anxiety can lead to depression, partly because of avoidance behaviors and yeah. isolation. Um, and it can sometimes deal to deal with other, or lead to other problems like um, substance abuse or, yeah. you know, self-medicating practices, you know, so there, it, it is important to address anxiety when it's noticed. That was the whole reason why Life Launch Centers was started. Our founders mm -hmm. had personally, they had children who were struggling with certain issues and they couldn't find resources here mm -hmm. in St. George. And so they decided, why do we have to wait for our kids to have some kind of criminal behavior or addiction or right. some really um, difficult struggle in life mm -hmm. before we teach them these principles. Right. And um, so I love that there are there are resources now. There definitely are. And that's one reason why I started Imagine Pediatrics as well is just, just seeing that staggering statistic of the fact that only 20% of people who seem to need help are getting it. Yeah. So. Well, and, and as a pediatrician, you work with kids as young as two years old. Is that right? Which you right. mentioned last and, time. And usually that's more dealing with the parents and helping yeah. them set the environment. But um, but young school-age kids yeah. definitely are experiencing some significant anxiety, and I'm, I'm all, seeing that. All the time. We get yeah. people come to us, say, I've got a seven-year-old mm -hmm. who has anxiety. Right. And uh, we work with, with you know, youth and young adults from about 11 years old up to 26 years old. Mm -hmm. But um, it's interesting how quick people are ready to slap a label on someone right. and say they have anxiety and say that there's a problem with them mm -hmm. rather than realize anxiety is kind of supposed to be a part of all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's a matter of us learning the right tools to deal with that anxiety to be successful in life. That's right. And I also think that sometimes when we see anxiety behaviors come up in our kids, we start seeing them as sort of vulnerable and weak and but it's important to see the strengths that are kind of hidden under that anxiety. Yeah. For example, usually people who are anxious tend to be very kind people. They're, they're hmm. very attentive to other people's needs, sometimes at the expense of their own. But it's interesting that anxiety tends to be a problem for people who are very kind, um, which is... That's amazing. Right. I and, didn't know that that was a correlation. Yeah. Um, also... They're often people who are very invested and they care about things. So these are motivated kids, passionate, goal-driven kids. Yeah. So they're not the people laying on the couch not wanting to do anything. I mean, unless it gets so bad that they're completely but shut that's down. That's a result, right? You know. But, but for the most part, these are the kids that are, you know, in the honors classes. They're yeah. on the sports teams. They're in the music groups. But are they happy? <laughs> so right. And and focusing on those strengths mm -hmm. can really help positively reinforce those strengths and draw them out more. Right. And and the sensitivity, the motivation and the desire to please and things like that, those can be used to to help people improve as well. So those strengths can be used in treating anxiety. That's so insightful. We've you know, we've got to go to break real quick, but we're gonna be back in just a moment with Dr. Mary Wild talking about what every parent of an anxious child should know. Um, if you have any questions, give us a call here at 833-803-3883. Um, don't wait to get your family the help that they're looking for to end anxiety and depression. 
Um, again, that number is 833-803-3883. We'll be back with you in just one minute. You ready? We're going to jump. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ready. Come on, we've totally got this. Ready? Jump. Ah! Yee! Whoa, Dylan, what's gotten into you? You never used to do this kind of stuff. Don't you have anxiety? <laughs> well, we all have anxiety. I just don't let it control me anymore. What do you mean? Once I learned anxiety was holding me back and how to tell it to shut up, I really found myself. Whoa, where did you learn that? Life Launch Centers. Whoa, you mean like those videos we watch at school? Nope, it's some of the same stuff, but Life Launch Centers is this cool group program where you get together with other people our own age like three times a week and learn how to really take control of your own emotions. Huh, that sounds kind of fun. Bro, Oh, it's a blast. I made some really good friends and the counselors are totally chill. Now I don't let anxiety keep me from living my life. Speaking of which, let's climb back up that rock and jump off again. Heck yeah, right behind you. Life launch centers, no more anxiety. 833-803-3883. Welcome back. This is your mental health moment. I'm your host, Joe Newman, business development director at Life Launch Centers. And today we are talking about what every parent of an anxious child should know. I've got with me Dr. Mary Wild, who is a pediatrician uh, at um, Imagine Pediatrics Behavioral Health and Wellness. Thank you once again, Dr. Mary, for joining me. Great to be here. So, um, you know, what does every parent of an anxious child need to know or some unique aspects of parenting an anxious child? Well, I think that it's kind of, take it, it takes us off guard as parents because what is often needed for an anxious child is the opposite of what we think that we need to do as parents. Okay. So, so we consider our role as parents to help our kids be happy and comfortable. And, right. But when a child is, is kind of pulling away and feeling so threatened by the environment, and then we rush in to... Make it try easier. to coddle them and accommodate and protect and and round all the corners and um, pad all the all the, the sharp <laughs> areas. Right. Then we actually reinforce the sense that we also question their ability to exist in this world That's safely. So interesting. And it's I often think of that at my house yes. with um, in in terms of like. Uh, a personal trainer or mm-hmm. weightlifting. Right. I, I'm an athletic guy. And so mm-hmm. um, I do some weightlifting. And if I had a personal trainer who every time I was, you know, struggling to put the bench, you know, the, you know, the uh, bench press up and he's like, you know, I don't think you can handle that. Let's take 10 pounds off of that. Right. And he continually did that, you know, right. yes, it would become easier for me, but do I grow? Right. Do I become stronger mm-hmm. as an individual? And I worry that sometimes our parenting culture today mm-hmm. is kind of like that. They, it's like, we're not sure you can handle this, so we'll just take that pressure off of you. And then we see that, that result from the, in our children with anxiety and depression. And so as we create this um, intended, ideal circumstance for our children, then we really decrease their ability for having distress tolerance. Yeah. We, um, of course, we want things to be nice for our kids. I'm not advocating trying to make things difficult, but we really don't have to try. Um, there will be difficulties. There will be rough spots, challenges. But I think that as parents, we can let ourselves off the hook that we don't have to eliminate all of those. Yeah. And actually, being a parent in a larger family, 
I could not create ideal conditions for all my kids at the same time. So in that way, it did make them a little more resilient naturally. But They had to be a little bit more self-reliant or independent because of the nature of the large family. You know, I have a friend, I think about this all the time, Mm -hmm. and I don't know, you tell me if this is right or wrong, but I I have a friend who, as a kid, I remember his dad telling him, all right, your chore today is go move that pile of rocks over there. Mm -hmm. And then he'd move the pile of rocks, and then the next day he'd say, okay, now your chore is to move that pile of rocks back. (laughs) And he would have to do this like hard manual labor all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember both of us as kids thinking like, this is so lame. Like, why do we have to, why does he have to do this hard work? This doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But now as a parent, I see that value of just introducing difficult things into our children's Mm -hmm. lives Mm -hmm. that are constructive. Right. And I think that's where maybe that parent crossed the line a little bit, that it seems sort of arbitrary and artificial. There are enough good challenges to meet. So make it purposeful is what you're saying. Yes. And, uh, but I've had to invent ways like that in my own family. Like, okay, we're, we're working on a backyard project right now. Right. And instead of hiring a crew to come and do it, Mm -hmm. I'm intentionally doing it myself with Mm -hmm. my kids on Saturdays Mm -hmm. because I realized that just that simple act of digging holes and moving rocks Mm -hmm. and having to grunt and sweat. And it's, it's really good for them. Yeah. And it's like a metaphor. (laughs) It's great. So life should be hard, but how do we not add to our children's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, there's a psychologist, Michael Yapko, that talks about hand-me-down blues yeah. that, you know, sometimes depression in a parent can affect the mindset of a child. But I think in terms of depression, but I'll, I think that can be true in anxiety as well, uh, that absolutely. there's kind of a hand-me-down angst. And, and sometimes it's termed safety chatter, that parents can always be saying things like, oh, don't run. Oh, you might get hurt. Uh, you know, oh, be yeah. careful. And and we have to do a little bit of that. But if there's too much of that, then there's we're, we're reinforcing this sense of um, exaggerating the risk okay. around them and minimizing their resources rather than saying things like, oh, here comes a, here comes a hill. Right. Let, you know, and, and speaking in the positives and... Um, Kind of turning their mind to what they need to do to address that problem instead of avoid the problem. Right. So even just our words, because we may find that the kinds of things we're constantly saying become the the voices in their heads that are holding them back. So so watching out to listen to ourselves to make sure we're not engaging in excessive safety chatter. Um, oh, I love that. And then also just looking at our own mindsets and, and family culture, because I think so often in families, we um, reinforce the idea of competitiveness yeah. um, and instead of cooperativeness, even when we say things like, okay, who's going to be first, you or your sister? Um, it can be productive in the moment, but it's really encouraging this sense of competition. Oh, wow. Um, I got to say, I'm probably really guilty of that because I'm very competitive. <laughs> and a little bit of that is okay. But but if we're constantly doing that, it might be nice to sometimes also say, what can we accomplish here? Let's work yeah. together, you know, things like that. Um, also, what are we communicating to our children that our worth and their worth is based on? Is it 
what other people think of us? Is it our achievements? And and sometimes we don't try to communicate this, but we really do. Yeah. Because we we show disapproval when our kids are not on the top of their game. Right. Or something like that. So I think really watching watching ourselves. Well, you know, one of the biggest questions we get all the time is is this just a phase? Will my kid grow out of this? What, how, how do you address that? What do you think? Will kids just grow out of anxiety? And I think there are certain developmental stages that do have certain fears and anxieties uh, built in. For example, separation anxiety in um, older infants or early toddlers, um, fear of the dark in preschoolers. Yes, as awareness increases, these things people do grow out of. But um, a habit of thought that is anxious and um, unhealthy, usually yeah. kids only get deeper and deeper into that without help. And we, we learn about neuroplasticity, that these neural pathways can be changed, yeah. but they also can be reinforced with repeated use of these paths. So living in St. George, we can all relate to the idea of these well-worn paths, you know, in in Snow Canyon. And um, and the more that we let our kids follow these um, anxious ways that are unhealthy, the more they're reinforced and the more they're likely to show up and, and, and follow that path next time and next time and next time. So it's important to get help early. I totally agree. And we find that uh, the beauty of neuroplasticity is that you can learn it anytime. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people say, oh, well, we didn't start this when the child was, you know, two years old or whatever. (laughs) That's okay. It is. You can start, uh, you know, even in their early adult years. Mm -hmm. Like these are principles that, um, that we can all learn and employ and grow at any time in our life. Definitely. And, and honestly, we get a lot of adults who mm-hmm. are learning the same things right. in how to speak positively to themselves. Mm-hmm. Because as we know that um, when you speak negatively internally, then mm-hmm. the amygdala, a part of your brain that is kind of the um, alarm for the fight, flight, or, or uh, freeze syndrome, right. uh, will fire because of an internal threat. Yes. And so having um, knowledge of these kind of things mm-hmm can be helpful, whatever lifespan or whatever, whatever part of the lifespan you're at. So, um, you know, what are, what's an effective course of treatment? Mm -hmm. You know, say, say we have listeners out there right now who are saying, Mm -hmm. man, I need to learn these things. What, what is an effective Mm -hmm. course of treatment? Mm -hmm. So, um, some standard treatments for anxiety include cognitive behavioral therapy, medication. Um, usually the first line medications are SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, um, and my favorite mind body practices. And, and this is what I really work with my clients on. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps you could speak some about life launch center. Absolutely. So our main thing is group therapy because mm-hmm. what we find is whether you're an adult or whether you're a youth or young adult, um, just knowing that other people are dealing mm-hmm. with these same issues and that they're finding help uh, is so p- empowering. It's it so liberating. Yes. And, um, you know, group therapy is really powerful too, because you can't really hide in group therapy. Right. A lot of times mm-hmm. when people are experiencing anxiety or depression, their first reaction is to go to a therapist mm-hmm. on a one-on-one basis mm-hmm. and they go and see him maybe once a week. But the problem is that a lot of times the child or the youth kind of, um, distort 
or they just kind of lie about what's going on and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, hold their breath to get through whatever they have mm-hmm. to get through to survive. Mm-hmm. But in group therapy, you, you can't do that. You hear right. other people singing your song right. and you realize. And you jump in and say, yep, that's me too. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I want to just mention that I'm so excited in the next month or so, um, I also will be launching um, two courses. One is called Overcoming Childhood Anxiety for Kids. And awesome. one is called Overcoming Childhood Anxiety for Parents. And you can learn more about those on my website. Tell us that website. www.imaginepediatricsaintgeorge.com. That's awesome. So. And we'll have links to that website on our um, on our website as well, where we have this radio show. But, uh, you know, Dr. Mary, this has been so insightful in learning what every parent should know as we, I, you know, not just anxious children, not if we have an anxious child, but knowing these things, because likelihood we will have an anxious child. Right. We can prevent problems. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping to do is, is supply our community, our listeners with tips and tools to act proactively Definitely. instead of reactively. Yes. So thank you once again, Dr. Mary Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you can jump on her website at imaginepediatricsstgeorge.com for more information. Um, and also, if you're struggling with any kind of anxiety, isolation, depression, and you feel like that group counseling um, setting would be helpful, give us a call at 833 833- 803-3883. Really, if you've been putting off getting your child the help they need, take the proactive approach. Get them the emotional skills they need before they get overwhelmed again. Just give us a call at 833-803-3883. Join us again next week right here on St. George News Radio at 5.30 p.m. for your mental health moment. This is Joe Newman signing off. Until next time. Keep those kids safe and keep your sanity. You've been listening to the Mental Health Moment, brought to you by Life Launch Centers. For more info, visit them at lifelaunchcenters.com.